0: peeps, it's me with Rosie Says here and I just want to let you know I'm coming back on to do another, you know, podcast, but, you know, I guess you could say I was just thinking about this today after hearing this from my mom and I didn't really think much of it, but then after scrolling through some Instagram feeds and stuff, I kind of had something just kind of just like, kind of all spur of the moment right now all of a sudden and I just wanted to talk about what I've noticed that's been happening in this country a lot concerning us brown people and that I guess she was sort of right about this because you know the whole uh conversation about sometimes when it comes to us brown people we don't really realize this but sometimes we have like our traditions and stuff and we you know think of nothing of it you know we're like so busy making you know money Off of selling, you know, our goods such as making great delicious food to our uh, customary type of custom made, you know, jewelry and stuff like that. And, uh, and other stuff that's associated to our brown people cultures. Doesn't matter what side of the border you're on, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, I'm not sure what it is that what makes white people want to steal, you know, and borrow from another you know, race of people and make something of that of their own and taking away that person's, you know, tradition and background and turning that into, like, a shop or something and making their own restaurant sometimes about it, too. And also I was watching the news this past week and then I found out some white guy is an owner of a shop that's basically a Mexican-oriented type of, like, um, eatery, which I thought it was supposed to be A uh, restaurant ran and mostly made for, you know, the general public to eat it, but mostly was ran by Hispanic people, but that was a shocker. And then I look into my Twitter and Instagram feeds, and then I'm seeing these white people making beaded jewelry, and then my mom talked about how, for some reason, a lot of our Hispanic people, we make stuff... And all of a sudden, you know, the only people are going to supposedly these restaurants are mostly them, she says. And that she sees mostly these white people going to our Hispanic eateries. It's almost like, is our food that good? Is it really that good? I mean, really? I mean, there's all kinds of food that's great, but I wouldn't like act so like, oh my God, it's the best food of the world. But I don't know. Anyways... Um, I was just talking to her about, you know, today about how I like eating my food. I like eating it in certain ways because I was telling her when I bought my McChicken, I said, I waited yesterday because at El Pollo Loco we got mashed potatoes and I found out something (laughs) since yesterday and today. Mashed potatoes does not taste good with El Pollo Loco's food. It's great they have it, but I feel like it should have been a chicken sandwich with that one to be fair instead of that chicken tacos I had with my rice and because how I like eating my food I like eating my Hispanic food the way I eat it I eat it with mostly rice beans and then whatever Hispanic meat that we make like for example I told my mom well when we make our Hispanic food it's mostly like you know you have the rice and beans and then you have either a corn on the cob on the side grilled and burnt with a delicately brushed c- corn basically stock you know cuz that's basically what happens you boil it and then like my dad used to do he'd boil it and then use the same corn he just boiled and he roasts on the freaking fire while saving the stock and then using the corn husk and making a imaginary pretend brush and then coats the corn cob and then still throw it on there while it burns and that way it has that, you know, that, um, boiled taste that goes with that flavor eating corn cob. And I was telling my mom about it. And then all of a sudden this conversation of white people stealing our ideas and making a profit of it or, you know, going to our places a lot and enjoying what we've made. It's weird, but I would have never thought of that as a problem or issue I'm just like well maybe it just means they really like our stuff but after seeing it on Instagram what they're doing to some of the Native American people and just taking their ideas and making it their own I'm just like well maybe that's kinda suspect (laughs) not trying to be insulting here but it's like uh... I don't know what's going on I'm kinda creeped out by that I don't know if I should be complimented or insulted (laughs) But anyways, to each their own, and all I gotta say is that I'm grateful at least some people like our stuff, and I guess that's cool. You know, I don't see any problem with it, but maybe to the point of making a profit off of it, after our people's heritage and stuff, I would feel like it's a little bit of an issue. Not too suspect, where I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna kick your ass. No, I'm just gonna say like, well, unless they married, or they learned this from a some kind of shop, because you know I was watching last week, and this actually was last Sunday, and there was a segment on extra matches and millionaires, and apparently they had like a Hispanic type of um, i guess you could say a Mexican hotel going on where these rich, you know, celebs go to these really awesome, beautiful hotels where they have these beautiful beach sides, And you could even learn some type of pottery making or some type of, like, learning stuff. So, I don't know if that's why they're doing that and they're taking that back over here and then making a, you know, business off of that. I don't know if it's those kind of reasons. But I just really feel like, oh, it's not fair, you know. And then I was thinking about this before I got on the podcast and I was like, maybe... To my Aunt Sarah, the, the the bracelets of these Hispanic women that are indigenous that, are, that weave and put on these poles, these cute bracelets they make, maybe to my Aunt Sarah, it doesn't mean a thing to her, but to be honest with you, in this country, it would benefit a lot if we knew something like that ourselves, because I, after seeing these white people, because that's usually the tourists that go down there, mostly people of color that are not the same race as ours and also that are mostly white in origin that probably buy that stuff. But I would never think they would buy our stuff and then, you know, replicate that and then make that into their own personal business and cost a little bit of a more of a fortune. And I feel like that kind of, in a weird way, kind of rips us off. Like we got the authentic and then we have the copycat. And it's like the copycat's making more money. Than the original so it's like huh that kind of sucks i'm not saying when some people color and i'm saying black people pointed out that sometimes white people like to hijack or hijack things from other people color i'm not going to say they're not lying but they're really spilling the truth here when they say that people so i'm not trying to put anyone on the spot here but White people, I'm watching you guys. I know what you're doing with my stuff that so you'll be copying. But anyways, no disrespect, but it kind of got me thinking like, huh, I better be careful. I, get a, I better, you know, if I want to do stuff or anything and create something on my own, uh, thank God for something called patent pending. Because having no patent, it, people will just like copy and grow and go crazy. Stuff like that. And make money off of actual people that really made it and it comes from their culture and it comes from who they are as a person. And then it becomes a ripple effect and then no one's going to know where things come from because we have a bunch of amateurs and then we have the originals. And it's like, what? But anyways, that's my little rant for my suspicions of the caucasity or... My suspicions of the Caucasian race, borrowing stuff from other cultures again, but, yeah. That's just my little bit of a suspicion. Not really much to go off on, but, you know, it's it's kind of concerning, but at the same time, flattering. Because, you know, what they say the best form of flattering is basically copying someone, so, I don't know. Who knows? It could be that. Not trying to say nothing, not trying to roast people or throw them under the bus, but, you know... You know who you are. Anyways, see you in this podcast. Hey peeps, it's me again. Um, Rosie says, you know, I just gotta say this. I just have this in my mind since receiving my own stimulus, you know, direct deposit. And all I gotta say is this. Whenever some of us are out here doing, you know, ordering takeout and ordering like via the store food apps, I would have to say, I don't know if you guys remember this, mostly I was focusing primarily on us people of color to get a check because, like, like, you know, not a check, but a more of a tip, you know, when we tip them and stuff, and uh, I was hoping that if some of us still continue to do that for our brown and black people who are working right now during these COVID times. I was hoping, and as well as after hearing what the requirements of receiving a stimulus check was for, I want to say this. On top of that, could we please add um, the college kids, you know, on this too? Because right now some of them, even if they're added on their parents, you know, as a requirement of being a child, they're actually adults. And it's not like they're actually living with them still for them to be counted, you know, as a dependent on their parents' you know, taxes and stuff. You know, that's only if they actually live at home, you you know, it would make sense for them not to receive that $600 themselves. But I have the feel, you know, I have a feeling, you know, since it's impossible for us to do anything about this, I was thinking through our del- these delivery apps, whenever we tip and we see a college kid we could just you know at least make two to three dollars like on a bump maybe for them too besides people of color who are working you know with these delivery services I, I'm just saying if we could just try I, I mean at least you know if you see a Hispanic or a black person or other people of color that earn less, I would just say, you know, like 2 to $3 should be enough to bump up. And I would say apply that, but for college kids, so that way they get something too, because I feel like, you know, it's not fair that the stimulus check is, you know, excluding undocumented people as well as they're excluding, you know, these college kids because most of their money already went to their tuition and books. And, you know, what does that leave them? <laughs> they're still stuck on their own paying gas, rent, and food, and, you know, anything else they had to pay, even their phone bill, because that's their only way to the world, and also their only way to, you know, use this, you know, delivery apps and service, and I was just hoping that that we could try at least, you know, two to three dollars is not much, you know, we could, like, if we have, like, an order that looks like it's on the two dollars, and we could bump it up to, like, four bucks for a tip, for example. And we have like a $4 tip, we could just bump it up to like a dollar more, like five bucks. Like something like that, you know. Not much, because I know we don't all have much to spare either. But just a little bit, so they can at least have something to come back home with. Because after hearing that they're part of the exclusion, as well as undocumented people, I feel like there's something wrong with that picture, you know. But, it's all, all, but all as well as like, you know, still help our people of color who are working in these apps as delivery people during these covid times still do the same thing still give them a little bit more of an increase on their tip that way at least they have something they can come back with because we don't know what's going on in their lives and I, i'm like i'm just gonna say this not everyone has a rich family and they're not going through a free um scholarship everywhere because you know your scholarship only pays mostly for your tuition and and that money isn't really meant for like, you know, you're going to the laundry, laundromat, or, you know, if you live in one of those apartments and you have to share a community laundry thing, like I did for a while, a decade ago, and you have to pay quarters still. I mean, things like that. You never know what's going on with these people, but let's let's be mindful, you know. Let's just be that kind of people and pay a little bit more on their tip. That way they get something too, you know. Because if you're not getting nothing and you're a college kid and you were waiting for a stimulus and you're finding out it's only through your parents, I feel like that's not fair because that means they're getting the money. And we don't know if you're living at home with these people. I still see kids in this delivery service and I'm thinking to myself, are they at home or are they at school? And that's what I'm confused about. And they're not going to say this to you because we don't know their story and we don't know who they are. And I mean, if that's just the only way we could help, you know, because it's not fair. There's just certain criterias that don't qualify. I mean, like, if you're a rich kid and your parents still pay you money, maybe not you. But if you're a kid who's working out here during these COVID times on these, on these, uh, on these uh, streets that you live in, your school nearby, I would say, yeah, you deserve something, too. Because, you know, all your money is going through your books, tuition. But it's not paying for a place to stay. It's not paying for food you're going to eat. It's not paying for the gas you're going to need. And it's definitely not paying your cell phone bill. I know that much. So we have to really at least try for these kids. Because most of their money is going to everything else but taking care of themselves. And this is their first time being adults. And as you can imagine how scary that sounds. It's like, it's a lot. So I'm just saying guys, at least look out for these people. These are important people. You know, as well as our senior citizens and elderly. I don't want to forget those people, too, because just because they're retired doesn't mean they don't get nothing. I mean, they also need something, too, because that's their only way of income and their mode of transportation as well. And it's only fair to say we should give them also a increase, like increase, increase for college kids an increase for people of color, mainly, you know, our black and Hispanic groups, (laughs) basically brown people in general and black people in general. And then, of course, our senior citizens, you know, uh, increase in tips. You know, because it would really, it would really help these kids. You know, because all these kids, are not going to get... not going to get anything. And also the minority group, mainly of black and hispanic um, latino brown people they're not going to get much either. So and they're really exposing themselves out there. And then of course our senior citizens because they don't have a job anymore. So that's something to think about people. That way they have something coming back too. At least we could try you know, pitch in you know, every once in a while when we do our, you know, Uber apps things. I know it sounds like, why would you want, it's almost like we're having to pay extra tax. I know, it sounds dumb, but it's like, I, after hearing tips are not exactly going to people, and, and then after hearing some jobs don't really pay well, I mean, we kind of have to just do things in our own hands as a community collaborative, as a collective of sorts, that way we can, you know, get... Those, you know, very important groups to get something because, you know, the rest of us, you know, 25-plus adults under $75,000 receiving our stimulus, we're just getting our portion, and that's it. And you still have the unemployment people in the background, and that's it. But everyone else who is in that category I just mentioned, college kids not getting anything, we don't know if they're living at home, and we don't know if they're actually at home, and we don't know if, if those parents are probably defrauding the state that they're from, saying that they claim as as a a dependent when really, are they actually paying for their, um, you know, apartment? Are they paying for their car? For their kids? Are they paying for all that stuff too? Because maybe they're just paying the tuition portion and that's it, but it's like, come on, you know. Let's be real. Are they living living at home with you? Because some of them, I thought the news was making a noise about, was they were worried about exposure of coronavirus if the kids move back in with their parents after being in person in college you know so that's just kind of my concern but anyways that's all i gotta say about this guys i'll talk more about this in the coming days if it's necessary or not i just wanted to say you know that's kind of what i thought about you know for this uh stimulus uh fiasco so yeah there it is and see you next podcast peeps